Hello and welcome to the Building Christian Fellowship Podcast. We are very excited that you have decided to tune in today and pray you are blessed by today's message. Amen, man, man, man. Well, I'm obviously not John R. Butcher Sr., not that light skinned. I'm actually John R. Butcher Jr., I'm his son, I'm his oldest son. I get the opportunity to share, uh, to, to, to serve under him. I get the opportunity to labor beside him here at the Building Christian Fellowship in many different capacities, but that doesn't matter. What matters is your connection to Jesus Christ today. You know, I, I, can, I can talk all day about all the people that have impacted my life, you know, our, our pastors that impacted my life. How many people were here last week for the pastor's appreciation? Great time, right? Great time of honor. And we should keep doing that. You should honor the people that are over you. I, I, I can give credit to, to my mother, my biological mother, my, my stepdad, my grandparents that are here tonight, or today. Why do you say tonight? Today. And all the people that are in my life, I, 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 my, my team, Elevate, YM, my, my crew, Isaiah, Isabella, Alex, and my wife. I get all worried when I talk about my wife, man. We have a baby coming in January, and I'm excited. There's a whole lot of things going on in my life, but God is still faithful, amen? amen? You know, one of the things that I've noticed being a youth director for this short amount of time is that youth are kind of the same. You know, they don't have the same background. They don't necessarily have the same testimony, but they have this one thing in same. You know, it's not a terrible taste in music. Some of them do like some good music, right? It's not the acne, definitely not the acne. Um, it's not that they're, ir- that they're irresponsible. I-, I know some very responsible youth that elevate YM. They're, they're not lazy necessarily. They're not lazy. But no, really, there are a lot of diligent youth that we have in our youth group. But there's one thing that I've noticed, this ideology that they all share. You guys want to know what that is? They know everything. You can't tell them nothing, nothing. Like Jr. Man, I just I just can't I just have a really hard time in school. Man, I, I just can't seem to get my grades up. I'll be like, "You doing your homework? We should be doing your homework. You know that. I know Jr. I know that's their best. That's their favorite catchphrase. I know, I know. It doesn't matter what it is. Like, hey, 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 Sammy, you know your shoes are untied, right? I know, I know. Hey, hey, sis, you, you forgot your phone. I know I forgot my phone, okay? Relax. But let, let's cut our youth some slack for a second. Don't, don't act like you didn't kind of like develop and grow and you kept that I know attitude on yourself, right? So, so I'm about to do a magic trick real quick. I'm joking. I'm not doing any magic. Not doing any magic. But this box, if you see it on the front, represents you. It represents what you know. It represents all the things that you have. It represents... The, the, the resources that you have, it represents like your job, it represents your health, it represents your relationships, and I got all kinds of stuff in here, all kinds of stuff. How many people have a good job? No? No? Just you of us? If you all know that having a good job presents a little security, right? A little financial security, right? Some of us have really good benefits, right? And with those, that's financial security, and with those benefits, we have resources. How many people like to have a little bit of money in their pocket? Let's be real today. Let's be real. Get the things that you want. Have a nice house. 
have a nice car, have the nicest clothes. Just, don't y'all like to look nice sometimes? It's a little bit, I don't like wearing collared shirts, but here I am, wearing a collared shirt on a Sunday. What about your health? How many health people, have, how many people are working out every day, getting up at five in the morning? How many people have a different uh, a dietary lifestyle, people that are vegan, that are protecting their temple, making sure that nothing bad is going in so I can get the, the most out of my life, right? We got people like that in here that want to protect their health? What about your relationships? Y'all got relationships, right? I see some of y'all kind of close to each other. Some people are married in here, right? We got our family in here. We have our friends. But I want to I pose a question to you guys today. What happens when all that you know is threatened? What happens when the things that you can't control affect what you think that you can't control? What happens? I mean, most of us get frantic. Most of us get fearful. Most of us do anything we can to protect what we have. Let, let's, let's give the Atlas fires for an example. I've never seen so many people in a scare before. I mean, I get it. People lost their homes. I'm not taking away from that fact. But I had people on the other side of Vacaville talking about losing their houses. You're nowhere near close to the fire, but you're filled with fear. You're nowhere close to the danger, but you're filled with fear. And even if you are close to the, to the danger, isn't God faithful? If you would have lost your house, isn't God still faithful? We say yes. We do. We say yes. We, we don't live that. We don't reflect that. We'll say that we have faith in God, but we don't act on it. And a lot of times when we, we try to put faith in the things that we have and the things we have control of and try to have faith in God, like we're all here and we all of us came to church, even if you're not a Christian, you have some kind of reverence to the man upstairs, right? When, when we try to have faith in all these different places, it gets skewed. And eventually, we put God in a box. We put a limitation on what God can do. No, we know he's faithful. We know he's a provider. But how far? I mean, he's got me here so far. I have a, a decent job. I can take care of my wife and my soon-to-be daughter. You know, I go to a church home. I have great relationships, but God knows what will happen. I have a good marriage, but is God faithful enough to keep my marriage? What happens when turmoil strikes? What happens when your significant other cheats on you? Is it done? What happens when your friend betrays you? Is, it, is that friendship over? What happens when your house does burn down? Is God not still faithful? If you're taking notes today, the title of today's message is Outside the Box Faith. I want you guys to turn with me to, shout out to Donald for letting me use his iPad. Turn to Luke chapter 8, verses 22. Luke chapter 8, verses 22. Everybody there? We're good? If not, we have it up on the board. Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat, meaning Jesus, capital H. He got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. Somebody say, what? And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose 
and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. And they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Can we address the elephant in the room for just a second? Why was Jesus sleeping? Why was he asleep? You know, through my studies, I was, like, reading different theologians and reading different commentaries. Like, man, why was Jesus asleep? Like, bro, you're supposed to be the Savior. You're supposed to be the Messiah. you got to be woke at all times. But naturally, man, while he was wrapped in flesh, he gets tired. Jesus was healing people. Jesus was doing miracles. Jesus was doing the miraculous. So naturally, you get tired, right? But how, how do you guys sleep at night? I know, for me, I need the fan on. I need a little bit of sound, like, like a TV real low or something, or some music. I need to be really cold in my room when I sleep, because I don't want to be sweating in the middle of the night. It's bad news. Don't get good sleep when you're sweating. But I have to make sure the conditions are right in order for me to have rest. I need to make sure that the conditions are right in order for me to have peace. How many of us put conditions on our faith to God? Meaning, God, if you keep up these conditions, then I'll have peace. If you give me a good marriage, then I'll have peace. If you give me good relationships, then I'll have peace. If you give me a good job, then I'll have peace. If you come through for me when I need it, then we'll have peace. We naturally need our circumstances to be to our liking in order for us to have peace. Jesus is not affected by circumstances. God is not affected by circumstances. You see, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is holy. He's perfect. He's blameless. And a lot of times when you hear, uh, you know, when somebody calls you, oh, you're holier than thou, huh? Like, you're perfect. You're above everybody else. It's more than just the surface understanding that we have. You see, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is holy, perfect, blameless, without sin. And most importantly, when it comes to faith, he is consistent. Because holiness doesn't just mean perfect. It means being consistent. Never failing. Every time he is needed, he is there. First note of today, God is consistent. Write that down. Write it in bold letters if you need to. Take a screenshot of the, of the, of the screen. I need you to get this. God is consistent. And he wants us to have full faith in him. But he understands in order for my children to trust me, they have to trust fully, follow and be obedient to my word. That's the reason why he wants us to be holy, because he is holy. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 14, it reads in the NLT, so you must live as God's obedient children. Somebody say obedient. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now, you must be holy in everything you do. Just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. It's, so e it's, it's, it's much more easy to trust in something. It's much more easy to aim for something that's consistently still. Because see, the, the, the storms that we have in our life keep us at a constant move. We're constantly moving. We're inconsistent. We, we, we're not steady. But Jesus is steady. He wants you to focus on him. He wants you to press towards him. And there are distractions. There are things in our lives. There's tribulations. There's turmoil. But God is the anchor of our souls. 
He keeps us steady. He's always in place. Just when, like, like a lot of times, I feel like in my life where even being in church and serving so much in church, I feel like I can't even hear God. Like, Jesus, are you there? And he's always there. You have to be able to trust him in the silence. You have to be able to trust him in the silence. That's where obedience comes in. You see, how, how can I, I, I trust my wife if I don't give her a chance to trust her? Turn with me to Numbers chapter 23, verses 19. Here, here, here it goes again, uh, again with my point of consistency. God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Really quick, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 through 11. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts, your thoughts, for as heaven and do not return there, but water, whoa, but water the earth and make it forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. You see, in the situation that we're looking at in Luke chapter 8, Jesus did not lead his disciples across the lake without plan or purpose. I want y'all to get this. He did not lead them across the lake without plan or purpose. Whether the storm would have came through or not, there was still a purpose for God to get out of this situation. God's not, God doesn't say all the things that he says about you in his word for nothing. He doesn't waste a breath. He doesn't waste a moment. He doesn't waste any time. He's going to tell you like it is. He's going to tell you, I love you unconditionally. I want you to trust me. I have everything that you need. You're looking at all these other things. You're looking at the job. You're looking at the money. But I have all the resources you need because I am the source. I have what you need. I'm not wasting my time just talking to you. I'm what you need, amen? You know like I said, just Jesus did not lead his disciples across the lake without plan or purpose. Just like he doesn't lead you through life without plan or purpose. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you can do your own thing and then use God's grace as an insurance policy. While it is true that grace protects us, we also have to understand that grace empowers us. Because a lot of times we try to do this like, you know, uh, like this, kind of like this 50-50 plan, like this one foot in, one foot out kind of thing. Like I'll show up to church on Christmas, Mother's Day, Easter, and I think I'll be cool for the rest of the year, right? I might show up to church like once a month. Matter of fact, I think I'll show up to church when I serve. Oh, is that personal? I'll show up to church when I'm scheduled to. You know, because this relationship is more of a chore to me than it is an actual connection. God doesn't want you to have faith just because. God wants you to have faith in him because you trust him. He wants you to make the choice. He doesn't want you to do it because it's written. No, God could have written out every single detail top to bottom and said, look, I, these are the hundred commandments, and I need you to follow each and every commandment in order to keep a relationship with me. He's like, no, I'm going to give you the choice. My word is right here. Seek after me and you'll find it. Circumstances may threaten to separate you, but you must use them to get closer to God. 
But look at how the disciples respond. And they came to him and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Can you put that note up there real quick? I want you to look at, I'm, I'm, I did terrible in English. Freshman year, sophomore year, all the years in high school. But I did notice this. It says, Master, Master, we are perishing. Now I want you guys to understand the context in this sentence. We are perishing. We are perishing. Not just the 12 disciples, but Jesus, you're going to perish too. Remember that direction you told me about? It's not working. Look at the storm. The water's being filled up in the boat. What's going on? Jesus, you told me to be faithful to one wife, but it's not working. Jesus, this, this, this marriage that you talked about in your word, it doesn't seem to be working. I can't see what's going on. My children are running amok in my house. My children are acting a fool in my house. My business isn't going as well as I thought. I thought this was supposed to be a leap of faith moment. I'm trying to put my faith in you. Not realizing we're double dipping and we're trying to, to do God's will on our own will. We're trying to do God's will on our own time. Here's the doubt. Here's the fear. Here's the good old teenager I know. I know. In reality, some of the disciples did know. If you didn't know, four out of the 12 disciples were fishermen by trade. So you have Andrew, Peter, James, and John. And if you guys didn't know, you guys know JJ's Chicken and Fish over here off of Texas? It was actually named after James and John. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Don't be serious. But look at their disposition. Be serious. Be serious. Be serious. Back to serious. Back to serious. Master, if we don't do something now, we are going to die. Master, you're not moving now. You must not care about us. Master, you don't know what it's like. I do. We have to move now. I want you guys to write this down. You ready? What is your deepest fear? What is your deepest fear? What do you fear the most? And here's something that you might not hear too much in church. Your fear will guide you to your strength. Y'all looking at me like, what? My fear? I thought the fear was supposed to be the opposite of the faith. And yes, it is. There, there, there is some, some conflicting values when it comes to fear and faith. And a lot of you are probably thinking of this verse, right? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Y'all thinking of that? God didn't give me a spirit of fear. What are you, what are you talking about? But read deeper. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, and look at the contrast, but of power and love and a sound mind. This fear that I'm talking about, this fear that Timothy, or not Timothy, but Paul is talking about in 2 Timothy, is timidity, is cowardice, is powerlessness. He, God did not give you the spirit of powerlessness. He's given you power. He's given you strength. He's given you a sound mind. But it's up to you to take it. It's up to you to, to listen to his instructions. What are you going to take? But do you realize what the, what the verse is saying? We see fear and correlated with what we know, being afraid. But this verse describes fear as this. He, he, he did it. He did not give us a spirit of timidity. Think about this for a second. What, what stops me in my tracks? What, when, when my circumstances is greater than my own knowledge, what do I reverence most? Anybody heard of like a fear of God? Like Old Testament, like fear of God? That fear is, is, is not 
put in to the word to mean to be afraid of God, necessarily. It means to reverence God. So when your situations and, and you're trying to recognize what your deepest fear is, what the word is saying is, what are you reverencing most in the situation? When, when, when the storms come and when the turmoils come, are you reverencing the situation or are you reverencing your God? Are you reverencing the, the true power that God has or are you reverencing this threat that seems to be bad? You know, you see, like, there was, there was somebody I know in the Old Testament that, that had faith in, 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 the circum, in, in bad circumstances. David. David was on the battlefield. David was not a trained warrior, but in the face of his enemy, somebody that was meant to beat him, somebody that was built to destroy him, he had the faith in God's strength to overcome it. The, the, the same type of faith where, where Moses is leading his people to Israel and he's stuck between a rock and a Red Sea. He leans on God's understanding. God, what do we do next? And God is like, I've given you the power already. Look in your hands. I've given you the power to go forward. Use his grace to empower you. And watch how Jesus works in power. You know what's funny to me when I, when I read that, I read this verse over and over again on chapter 8. And I'm thinking like, how did, how did Jesus, like, respond? I wish I had, like, a, a front row seat to this whole situation. Like, did Jesus, like, get up frantically? Like, what, 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 what? Like, if you, if you guys have ever seen my dad, like, fall asleep and you wake him up, he's bright red, eyes red, going around like, what, what, what's going on? What's going on? Like, I'm thinking, like, does he get up just, like, frantic? But I don't think he did. I don't think Jesus was affected by what was going on around him. I think Jesus, God, just like it says, and it reads in Mark chapter 4, verses 39. Then he rose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. That calm didn't come out of nowhere. See, the circumstances was affected by the power of God. That peace that surpasses all understanding was, came from Jesus himself. In your situations, you have to not be phased by what you see, but trust in the God that says he's going to be faithful to you. You see, I know a lot of times we come into church and we're lifted up and we're charged up and we're ready and we believe and you think that everything is going to be all right, but come 345 Sunday afternoon, you're at home and everything is still the same. Rent still due. Card note still needs to be paid. Your adult kids are nowhere to be found. You have family that's lost. You're dealing with anxiety issues. You're dealing with depression. You're dealing with suicidal thoughts. You're dealing with abusive relationships. You're dealing with a spouse that isn't faithful to you. All the things that you learned in church don't seem to be clicking at home. But have faith. Have faith. Here's my next question. Write this down, bold letters. Where is your faith? 
understand, this is the question I want you to focus on through the remainder of this message. Because in this lifetime, there's going to come a point where you will have to ask yourselves, what do I really have faith in? Do I have full confidence and trust in God? Or is my faith dependent upon my circumstances? Too many of us enter into our union with Christ with a prenuptial agreement. Like, God, if things don't work out, I have my failsafe readily and available if your whole faith plan doesn't work out for me. And then got the nerve. He's like, hey, I tried the God thing. It, it didn't work out. Like, can you imagine if, you know, I'm going to use Erica as an example. Can you imagine, like, say, before we even got married? Say we got married. Okay, say we got married. And I only saw her once a month. And I only talked to her every once in a while. I only talked to her when I needed it. Hey, Erica, you cook good. Can you cook me some food real quick? Hey, Erica, I need my clothes washed. Can you wash my clothes real quick? But how many of us do that to God? God, I'm in trouble. I'm short on money this, this month. Everything is falling apart. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go to the altar. I'm going to get prayed for. Then, then everything will be all right. What about the people that, that take good care of themselves? What happens when you've been doing everything in your power, you've been working out, you've been eating right, and then comes cancer? What's your answer then? Where is your faith then? Is your faith in your knowledge of keeping yourself well? Or is your faith in what, the way that God can keep you? Because I want you to understand this. I want you to understand this. Being a Christian does not mean that all the bad things in your life are going to stop. They're going to keep going. But the difference between us and the people that aren't saved is that we have faith and we have hope and we have a Jesus that loves us. Yeah. Understand this. You're going to go home and things are going to be the same. I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you. But where is your faith? Is it in the situation or is it in your Savior? You know, I like how in Hebrews, when, when Paul talks about the great cloud of witnesses that had faith in God when they needed it most, when, when, when the rubber hit the road, when they were stuck. But I just want to use myself as an example. I'm 24 years old. I've got health issues, overweight, definitely. I got married young. Your papa was just cracking up at that one. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> but no, health issues. I inherited a similar heart condition that my dad did. When did we get engaged? We were 19. We got engaged. We got married when we were 20. Young. Got married young. If you guys don't know this, I'm also a black male. I, mean, I, think, I don't know if you guys noticed that. Statistically speaking, I should have been a I should have been a disaster.
God is faithful. I tell you that when there's time, I'm telling you, I, I, I work my butt off. I really do. I do it till I get tired. I work when I'm weak. <laughs> I work until I lose name, but God is faithful. I got a marriage that I don't deserve. I'm faithful, trust me, I'm not saying that. But I got a marriage that I don't deserve. I have a life that I don't deserve. But God is still faithful. My faith in God has got me through the toughest situations. My faith has got me through the loss of my grandfather. My faith has got me through the loss of my grandmother. Papa's wife, Mama Betty. But I want you to understand, God is going to come through each and every moment. Just when I thought I didn't have enough money for, to provide for my family. God came through at the midnight hour. God came through when he meant it the most. God came through when I needed him most. Not when I wanted him. Not on my time. But when it was perfect because God is perfect. He's holy. He's consistent. He never fails. He loves you. He cares for you unconditionally. He knows what you did. He's omnipresent. He saw what you did last night. He saw when you were disobedient. He knows when you have faith in other things and not him. But because God is consistent, he's waiting on you to come back to him. You are his children. We're not just a bunch of people in a room. We are the children of the most high God. And we were made in his image and he made us with a purpose and he made us with a plan. But we have to put our trust in him in order to realize that plan. Stand to your feet. great cloud of witnesses that have tapped into the faith of God. I could name off a lot of names in here. That's a part of our church. Get connected. You'll find out. If you're here today, and I'm not going to give a separate prayer. I'm just going to give one prayer. And I want you to meet me here at the altar. If you're here today and you're like, you know what? My faith hasn't been where it needed to be. You know, my faith in God, I've come to realize, wasn't as full as I thought it was before. And I just want to start right from this moment. If you're here today, and that's true for you, I want you to meet me here at the altar. Is there anyone? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, you know, it, what's funny is I, I called for this call, not realizing that we've all fallen short. Circumstances are big. Circumstances are scary. 
what? This is it. This is my moment. I get to live for God fully. I get to trust in him with full faith, with full hope. I believe in him. Is there anybody else? Now, listen, like I had said before, when you go home, when the music's not playing, life is going to go on. And there's going to come a time where your knowledge is going to come to the end and the trust process has to start. Now, for some of us, some of us are a little more seasoned than others. We've been through a little bit more things, but that doesn't matter thousand years to God is merely a day. A day is like a thousand years. He has more wisdom than we can ever think of. He has all, everything that we need. And what I'm, I'm saying all that to say, look, don't just sit this thing down and walk home and act like nothing ever happened. This is a lifestyle. So we're going to pray, we're going to get connected, and we're going to celebrate. Amen. Pray with me. Repeat after me. Dear God, I trust you. I believe in you. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you, you, you rose from the dead. And I, I believe that you cleared me of all my sins. God, I trust you. I have faith in you. I believe that you have all things that I need. And this day forward, name. Amen. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. And if you would like to know more information about our church, please visit thebuildingcf.com or download our app on all major app stores and marketplaces. Once again, thank you and have a blessed day.